What can you learn about improving your writing from an egg? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up, my dark horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of improving your message learning. I'm your dark horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Woo-hoo-hoo is all I got to say. Another big episode today. Today, retired Air Force Colonel Carla Bass shares the importance of writing succinctly and powerfully as well as telling us what we can learn about writing from an egg. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview episode, Who Believes That We Are All Individuals, and as those individuals, we can break our bad habits as well as our limiting beliefs. Now, before we get off into this great information for today, I want to make sure you uh, are getting value. You're getting value from these podcast episodes, are you? And if you are, go on, to, go on down there and maybe you're not even just getting the value from me. You're getting it just from the guests, the amazing guests I'm able to bring on to the show and lucky enough to share with you. So again, if you're getting any value from this podcast, please go on down there and smash that subscribe button. While you're down there, drop us a five-star rating and leave us some kind words in the reviews, right? These subscribes, ratings, and reviews, they tell the podcast platform algorithms to give us a little kick in the pants up in the rankings a little bit so that we can reach more driven entrepreneurs just like yourself. So please, if you're getting value, take a moment, show the love, and help let's spread the word about the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. And as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing g-o-l-d spilling from every corner of the dark horse hq so let's get to the starting gates and go all righty my dark horse friends and family i am honored to have retired colonel carla d bass in the house carla served 30 years in the u.s air force retiring as a colonel as i mentioned one of the few women of her generation to reach that rank now, since retiring, she's been working for the uh, for a federal agency in Washington, D.C. Now, central to Carla's success was the ability to write powerfully. Throughout her career, she authored hundreds of products, probably probably far more than hundreds of products, I would imagine, that were sent to the White House, Congress, ambassadors, and generals. She composed hundreds of personnel reviews, award nominations, budget justifications, and other executive-level correspondence. Now, each required communicating with focused precision. Now, upon retirement, Carla uh, authored a multiple award-winning book, Right to Influence. Now, it's in its second edition. Uh, Now, she did this to share her proven writing methodology with the world. Now, today she teaches the craft of persuasive communication, enabling her clients, corporations, businesses, NGOs, government, and academia to achieve goals through the power of persuasive writing. 
Her training is available via several venues, uh, webinars, workshops, private coaching, and her masterclass. And we're going to get Carla to share some details on that before we let her go today. But first, Carla, I want to welcome you to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Thank you so much. Just delighted to be with you and your listening audience today. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. Well, first off, being a third generation military man, I have to say thank you for your service, especially what, 30 years? Uh, yeah, 30 years you were in there. Yep. I, I knew from the, well, actually, I decided when I was in seventh grade, seventh grade is when I decided on Air Force intelligence and I, I never looked back. So I knew from the moment that my father commissioned me, I was going to stay in just as long as the system would allow. It was it was a calling. Nice, nice. And I think for a lot of folks that serve that length of time, it's exact, exactly what it is. And I, I think it's even for me, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this and then we'll step aside and well, I want to get you to tell your story. But for me, given our age group, the, the two of us, you serving as long as you did at the levels you did, I think speaks to another uh, kind of calling and your abilities, obviously, to gain the uh, the rank of colonel. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to pat myself on the back, but but there was a true statement when I said I was one of the few women to to make that rank. There were not very many of us back in back in those days. So I was kind of a, a pathfinder. Absolutely. And we all need those pathfinders. And please never be bashful about patting yourself on the back for things that you actually did, right? <laughs> okay. So what I want to do is I'm going to step back in the mic here. And I just want you to well, tell your tell your story, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly that uh, you know led you to where you are today and why you love doing what you do so much. Sure. When uh, I'm, I'm going to take this back to my father, he was and my mom, they were both huge role models. But when my father commissioned this second lieutenant daughter, he gave me three pieces of advice that I adhere to today as well. The first one was stay focused on your job. Don't get caught up in office politics. The second was keep a sense of humor. Always mm. keep a sense of humor. And the third was take care of your people and they will take care of you. So all three of those uh, those pieces of wisdoms came together, and, and that's actually what started my journey. And, and here's how it began. When I was a lieutenant colonel, I was the squadron commander in Hawaii. And for, for those of your, your listening audience who don't speak military, that meant I was in charge of uh, 480 super talented young men and women. When I arrived there, the 324th Intelligence Squadron was the most losing unit in the island, in the state, for um, professional quarterly and annual awards. It always lost. It was almost a joke. And what I realized immediately is it, they, they didn't lose because they didn't deserve to win. That's a double negative, and I beg your pardon for that. <laughs> but, but they lost because these super talented men and women didn't have bosses who could tell their stories. So, so you could be the most brilliant, dedicated, uh, forward-thinking captain or lieutenant or sergeant but if your boss couldn't write a winning nomination package conveying mm. what it is that you had accomplished then then you lost so that was her hurting career potential it was hurting families and promotions and and so forth I had to fix it so that's where taking care of your people really came to the fore so 
I had been, I, I was gifted with the ability to write. So I took three days vacation. I sequestered myself in a beach cabin. And I, I asked myself, Carly, you know how to do this, but how do you write these winning packages? So I analyzed my own writing and I developed what I called the word sculpting tools, which constitutes part two of the book, Right to Influence. I turned that, that analysis into about an 18 page tactical handbook turned that into a one-hour workshop. I taught all of my guys, all of them, how to write, and we began sweeping the awards. We took all of them. Then the other units on the island came and asked, could I, could I teach them also? So I ended up uh, presenting the workshop to the NCO academies. And what really just blew my mind is, is the vacuous need for that kind of a writing methodology. I ended up teaching right to influence word sculpting back in those days for the next 15 years to thousands of people. And, and I still get email from them. I received an email last year, actually. It was uh, He's, it's, the email said, uh, Colonel Bass, you probably don't remember me. I was a senior airman in the 324th, and I, I kept that handbook for 18 years. Uh, it enabled me to be commissioned as an officer. I just retired after 20 years as an officer, and I'm now the vice president of a defense corporation because you taught me how to write. Mm. So uh, testimonials like that, just that, that's the wind behind my sails. And I've got so many of those examples. Um, the, uh, the, the general uh, who's a, the CEO for the Military Officers of, Associa, of American Association um, wrote me a very nice letter. And he basically said that, that the, the word sculpting um, class that I taught influenced scores, uh, generations of officers. You, there's just no way to tell because you teach, the, you teach the first generation and they go out and apply it. So when I retired, I, I had this, this, you know, I was caught at a crossroads. What to do with this knowledge? Um, and I finally decided I, I, I have to do something. So I wrote the book turned that into a workshop. And I've been teaching like crazy since the first edition came out in 2017. Um, I taught so many workshops and, and expanded it to include presentations, uh, writing for grants, uh, writing essays for college applications. So I, I, the second edition has an extra 70 pages, seven zero pages of material in it developed as a result of all those workshops that I've, that I've been teaching. So this is this is my, my second calling. It it evolved directly from the first calling, which was the Air Force, um, and and I continue because what I have helps people. My two battle cries: the first one is that powerful writing changes lives because it does. I've seen it and I've done it and I've helped other people do it. And from a business perspective, powerful writing is the lifeblood of a successful organization because you have to go out and, and be able to justify a budget. You have to be able to uh, understand and market to your customers. Uh, you have to be able to co uh, compete for contracts, you know, win those bids. So powerful writing is just, it, it's the key to so many opportunities and it's not taught in schools any longer. So that's that's kind of what brought me to where I am and, and why I'm so passionate about it now. Nice, nice. It sounds like uh, one of the 
uh, ongoing pieces of both of your callings has been that that gift you mentioned of being able to write and and actually I think I'll take that one step further and not only being able to write but being able to convey that ability uh, and transfer that ability to others you know given be that be the generations of officers that have learned from your from your teachings or now the the uh, the, the civilian world uh, learning from from your teachings as well. So I wanted uh, yeah. to so go ahead. The, the um oh go ahead. No, I was gonna I was gonna drill in a little bit because uh, you used this phrase a couple times. You called it word sculpting tools. Uh, can you, you share a little bit about with us about that uh, that methodology? Sure, and I thank you for asking. You know, I'm, I'm so accustomed to discussing this. Okay, so imagine that you are you are a sculptor. You're sitting in a sun-drenched um, studio in Paris. You've got the beret and the hammer and chisel, and you are looking at an eight-foot chunk of marble. Because you are a master sculptor, you know the image that lies dormant within the marble. So chisel, chisel, hack, 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 hack. Pretty soon, there's all of the rubble and debris on the floor, and out emerges your beautiful statue. Word sculpting is the same thing, except instead of having that eight-foot chunk of marble, you have your first draft. So sentence by sentence, you apply, I have 10 word sculpting tools. You apply the 10 word sculpting tools and you get rid of the useless words, the redundancies, the gibberish. And I'll I'll share some examples here in just a minute. And after you apply the 10 word sculpting tools, you've gotten rid of all of the excess blather and you've got hard hitting text. And beyond that, you've also purchased yourself, bought yourself more space to continue making your story, your your pitch. Mm. So whereas you started with a one-page draft, by the time you word sculpt it, you now have half a page of real hard-hitting material and you've got another half page to keep making your uh, your your case. Mm. So one example, one example of uh, of the 10 word sculpting tools, I call it verbs are your friends, rely on them. So I ask you now to Imagine a hard-boiled egg, and the the verb the verb is the yolk. The white stuff is how we suffocate verbs nowadays because we don't know how to write with precision. So, for example, reduce the amount of time equals expedite. Demonstrate the validity equals validate. Provide a demonstration is demonstrate. Work collaboratively is collaborate. So I have, you know, I can go on and on and on, but that's the concept of, of, you know, the hard boiled egg, expunge the white stuff, focus on the yolk and reduce what you've written to what the actual verb is that's hiding within all that bureaucratic blather. (laughs) Another, another tool, word sculpting tool, I call it, um, don't hog space. So it's kind of the same idea. The, the, the concept is when you write something and you express it in two or more words, look at that and see if you can't express it in one word or fewer. So, for example, at the same time is simultaneous. In an expeditious manner is expeditiously. In the aftermath of is after. So the, the, the thing on, on don't use words at hog space is that the brain it, is much easier for the brain to to assimilate one word than it is multiple words. So as you're as you're into word sculpting, the idea is to write with precision and to conserve space to the uh, the maximum extent possible. Now there is a philosophy that the philosophy 
philosophy behind right to influence is that every author, whether you're you're writing uh, fact or fiction, every author is constrained by two things. You're now listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. The first is you're constrained by time because everybody is busy. I'm busy. You're busy. Everyone listening to this is busy. Every time you communicate with somebody, you're actually interrupting them from something they had been doing. Mm -hmm. So the objective is make your case and get off the stage. So, so tick, 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 I'm busy, what do you want? You know this, when you're watching a movie trailer, how many seconds do you give it before you decide, yep, it's interesting or I'm not interested, all right? right. So time. The second thing that constrains all authors is space. So whether you're um, trying to um, compose something for a web page or a government form in which there's actually a demarcated area on that on that form where you have no choice. You have that's all the space you're authorized. Or uh, or if you're required to describe your product in 250 words, or if you've written an article and you have to give a a one line summary in 140 characters. So space is also essential. So the moral here is the the individual who best leverages the reader's time and the available space wins. And that's the essence of right to influence. Nice, nice. Clearly, you know your game because you went in some great examples in there. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking as you were as you were sharing that information, do, do you think from your experience that the, the copywriters of today are over embellishing, you know, using too much of that space? Because it seems to me that we're, there's so many... Uh, long form sales letters out there. And, and I know when I'm reading through them, it's like, I'll scroll and I'm scrolling. I'm like, dude, is this thing ever going to end? Just get to the point. Is that, it, ha, ha, do you think there's like this movement to go to this long form because they've lost their way of this? Let's be concise. Let's get to the point. It, it's not, it's not a movement, but it is a direct result of, I think, somewhere along the line, and, and I'm, I'm guessing maybe about 15 years ago, someone somehow stopped teaching the teachers. Mm. Um, th that's why it hasn't been passed down. So, so folks, even, even those coming out of grad school, even, even those high school students that had AP classes and aced everything, they come out, I, I describe it as writing fat because nobody taught them how to write skinny. Uh, the teachers don't know how to do it because nobody taught them. So somewhere along yeah. the line, we lost this ability. And the tragedy is that the 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 um, the uh, the working market, the employers out there, are eagerly seeking people who can write like this because the clients. You just expressed it yourself. If you're given a four-page letter and it takes forever to get to the point, thinking in terms of a, a fish sniffing the hook. You, you look at that and, and you exit because you're not interested because the point was not made expeditiously. Yeah. Um, I, I tell young people that if they learn how to write like this now, and it takes practice. I mean, you don't, we don't wake up one morning and become that master sculptor. You have to, you have to work at it. But if you can develop this life skill, it will open doors for, I mean, for decades um, if you look at the, the, even in today's COVID environment, there are so many openings out there for, um, for people who can write marketing products, for strategic communicators, for outreach. There are so many jobs out there in those areas, but you have to provide, generally, you have to provide examples of your ability to write. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just out there for the taking if people will just learn how to uh, to write concisely. The other thing that, that that really harms business is I call it bureaucratic blather, where you have to read something three times and you still don't understand what it says. Here, here's an example. The company will use, and this is a real example. I didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> the company will use a synchronized partner relationship knowledge management capability to enable strategic data-driven decisions regarding partnerships and and uh, future employment. I, I lost that last word. But just think about that. I have no idea what a synchronized partner relationship knowledge management capability is. So that's another one of my examples. Another one of the word sculpting tools I call gibberish. Avoid it because it's confusing. And one of the subcategories of gibberish is our proclivity now to put noun on top of noun, on top of noun, on top of noun, and use those as an adjective. So here's here's a, here's another example. The information systems security management plan development. Okay, that just it's like making the reader walk through knee-deep mud. Mm. trying to understand that kind of writing. Mm. Um, and the good news is all of these things are, they're, they're bad habits and they're very easy to unlearn if you just recognize them to begin mm. with and then don't write that way. Absolutely. Wow. I, I think I think having these kind of skills and honing them can certainly, oh gosh, change lives, right? I mean, you were, you were alluding to the fact that if uh, you know folks could uh, write with this efficiency and this effectiveness, it could certainly open doors uh, for, like you said, years to come. Um, let's let's flip down in here. Uh, maybe you can share, and you've already given a couple of tips, and I don't want you to give away the farm here, but certainly are any, uh, let's focus on our entrepreneurs and obviously probably uh, copy, we, which we just mentioned. Uh, emails is probably a big one. When they're sending emails, maybe there's some tips you can share on helping them craft some uh, uh, far more effective emails. Yep. Matter of fact, the uh, both editions of the book, first and the second edition, have an entire chapter on email. A friend of mine said, Carla, please, as you're writing the book, Put a chapter in how to how to write effective emails because her employees, well-intended people, but their ability to write emails was damaging her business. So she herself, the owner, had to rewrite all of the emails, which is not effective at all mm -hmm. um, for that individual's time. So, so a couple of thoughts on emails. First of all, the the subject line is is valuable territory. So so use it well if they're. If, if you are asking somebody in the body of your email to do something, then the first word in the, the subject line should be action and then a colon. That, that kind of smacks them up the head saying, okay, there's an ask in this email. So leverage that subject line carefully. Mm -hmm. The second thought is uh, is actually uh, break it into sections. Um, the, the first section would be, you know, dear Jane. But then this, the first section would be, here's the ask, here are the specifics. Next section would be, here's the due date. Third section would be, here's the background information. So, so that is putting the horse before the cart. So very often people, not just in email, but in, in other uh, forms of communication, they front load the main point. They, they have these huge lengthy precursors. Here's all the context, context, paragraph, paragraph. 
of, of the background information. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to get to the point. Well, that's putting the cart before the horse. So an email open and everything else, open up with your main point. What do you want? And make it easy for the reader. If you have three questions that, that you're going to put forward in that email, tell them, dear Jane, I have three questions. I actually say that. I have three questions and then number them. One, that, 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 two, that, 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 three, that, that, that. What you're trying to do is, is make your message as easy for Jane to assimilate as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like that airplane's flawless landing. You want it just to, just to go so smoothly that helps her so she doesn't have to reread four times what it is you've been trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it also helps her to help you. So those are some thoughts as, as far as email. And of, of course, uh, write as briefly as possible. Don't, right. don't encumber the reader with all sorts of unnecessary information. I think uh, killer advice. I absolutely. I'm over here taking notes as you're, as you're sharing this information. But here's a, here's a, a question, and this comes from a, a pet peeve of mine. What I've seen um, begin to really permeate the email arena is someone gets an email and they're like, oh, I know who needs to answer this. They forward it and they say, uh, your thoughts? And then, so basically what they're saying is go read all this stuff down below here and tell me your thoughts. They don't even ask a question. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So- That's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's ill-considered. I mean, the person's not being bad, but it's not, it's not uh, a very polite thing to do. It, it could have been handled a whole, you need to help the reader to help you. Sure. Absolutely. Even if you just give them, like you were saying, if you, if you followed your advice in that scenario I just gave, you know, they could start off with saying, Hey, here's my question. Here's a brief, a bit of context. Uh, if you need more info, check the uh, email train below. So now there you've, you've, you've brought me into the world. I understand what you're trying to get yep. from me. And if I need more information, I know where to get it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I know you have, and I want to be mindful of your time, and I appreciate you coming on and, and hanging out with us. Um, I know you have probably, and you've mentioned a few times, uh, the books in its second edition, and you have some workshops and some other um, uh, opportunities for potentially my listeners to learn how to write better. Uh, certainly, I want to check out Word Sculpting. Where should we be sending them to? Um, oh, for, first of all, I given the very difficult situation in which we all find ourselves because of this COVID-19 environment, Mm -hmm. I just finished uh, and it's on my website. I now have available three free, three free eBooks to help people. Um, The first one is called, I branded it similar to right to influence. The first one is called right to win exclamation point, a standout resume. Mm. The second is right to win exclamation point input to performance reviews. That's also a very difficult um, thing for people when the boss comes and says, sigh, it's time for me to write your performance review. Give me some input. That's always off-putting. So that's my second free ebook. And then the third one is um, rights to win exclamation point uh, grant submission. Mm. So all of those are on my webpage, www.right2influence.com net and and they're brand spanking new and i did it as as my way to outreach to all of those folks out there who have been uh in, impacted because of the employment situation resulting from covid oh, um, 
and uh, all of my other my other means of helping are are all on the website. So uh, people can schedule me to give webinars. There's a whole series of subjects that I talk to. I can also tailor to the individual's needs. I did a, a great series for the U.S. Geological Survey, you know, USGS of the Department of Interior. They provided me actual examples of their products, and I used those as a template. Um, I did the before-after analysis where I, I modified their their work, applying my methodology so that you get the hard-hitting impact. So I tailor my, my workshops to what the client's needs are. And people can also um, you know, hire me for a 90-minute private counseling session. The master class, that, that's uh, everything I know, everything I, I can share to include uh, exercises. Uh, uh, here's a horrible example of a letter that was a real letter that was soliciting investors. And, and I, I turned that into, I turned it upside down, inside out. And, and I show people how to, how to um, recraft an argument, how to structure an argument to actually mm. target the audience and, uh, and succeed with what, whatever your goal might be. So all of that is at www.righttoinfluence.net. Absolutely. And I'm going to be sure to get uh, all those links into the uh, into the show notes, as well as the links you gave me earlier for like your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Twitter, and your Instagram account. So if anyone wants to learn more uh, about and from Miss retired Colonel Carla D. Bass, they'll be able to just click right over there. Any any words of wisdom? Oh my gosh, that almost sounds funny to ask. <laughs> any words of wisdom that you would like to share before we uh, say goodbye? <laughs> yeah, for, for those of you who have kids in high school and kids in college, please encourage them to to either listen to this, this broadcast or go check out the book or or, or seek me out because this this really does change lifetimes. They're not going to get it. I don't think any other way. I found nobody else that that's teaching what I teach. Um, and so you know, I, I just think of all those young lives that there's so many opportunities out there, but but they need to learn. They need to learn how to write like this. So that's my plea through you to your audience. If you have young young people just entering the workforce. This, this makes such a difference. Absolutely. I definitely wholeheartedly believe that uh, our youth are the future. So we got to get them the uh, the tools that they need. And I can guarantee you, I'll be getting a, a copy of your book and uh, urging everyone else to do the same. Carla, I definitely appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. All right, there you have it, my Dark Horse friends and family. Colonel Bass dropping some writing bombs on us, right? Lots of great tidbits about improving our writing and our messaging in that. Uh, some thoughts I came away with. Colonel Bass's father gave her three sound pieces of advice to start off her career. Stay focused on your job and don't get caught up in office politics, that's almost two all by themselves. And I'm going to count them as two. Staying focused on your job is a great piece of advice. Not getting caught up in office politics, also a great piece of advice. The next one, keep a sense of humor. Yeah, that's another good one. And then the final one she shared was take care of your people and your people will take care of you. So here's what caught me about these amazing pieces of, of advice that she got early on in her career as a second lieutenant going into the Air Force. They're universal, right? Here it was, a, a, a lifelong military man was sharing with his daughter who was going into the military well, and the advice he shares with her wasn't military-based. 
They were universal truths that we all should be using every single day, not just in our business, but in our life overall, right? I mean, pause for a moment and think about how amazing our world would be if everyone focused on just the last one. Take care of your people and they will take care of you. Some very, very true words there, right? You'd have to agree. I can feel you kind of mentally nodding with me, right? How often do you heed these words of advice? If you're still listening to this podcast, and I assume you are right now, you're still with me, aren't you? Right? I assume that you heed these types of words of advice more often than not. Do we fall off the, the advice train? Yeah, right? We're human. These things happen. But the next question is, how often are you coaching others that are in your sphere of influence to adhere to these basic tenets of great business and of great life? right? These are the basic tenets of advice for a great business and the basic tenets to have a great life. How often are you sharing those bits of knowledge with those that you can impact? Yeah. Thought number two, Colonel Bass saw a problem and set out to fix it. Colonel Bass, while she was in command of a squadron of 480 military men and women, found that there was this this huge gap in the skills of those writing the awards documents for these very talented men and women. Now, Colonel Bass herself had a talent for writing, so she sequestered herself, reviewed her skills to see what it is that she did differently that made her good at writing in order to educate those writing those award documents to tell the stories of those men and women much, much better. She saw a need in her marketplace and she figured out how she could fill it. Yeah, we've heard those words of advice time and time again. Thought number three, Colonel Bass took one product and turned it into many, right? And if you heard, if you remember what she described, she, uh, you heard her describe how she took her learnings and turned them into a book. Took the book, turned it into a workbook. Took the workbook, turned it into a workshop. Then after leaving the military, she wrote what I will call the civilian version of her book on the same topic. And she turned that into a workshop and has been teaching that like crazy. One solid baseline idea has been turned into so many, so many variations and educated and empowered so many people. What one solid base idea do you have, right? What is the first overarching product that you could create from that. Now, you break that down into smaller products, all that will feed up into your large overarching product. Then take that one step further and see how you can niche that product down, right? So as you start breaking the, let's say your, uh, let's call it your three-week seminar, or your three-week seminar, your three-day seminar. All right, I'm going to come up with this three-day seminar about topic X. And I'm going to take the three-day seminar, I'm going to break it down into a workshop, right? Maybe a four-hour workshop. I'm going to break the four-hour workshop down into a, a PDF or a checklist. That's my freebie, right? Now, that's my over, that's my overarching product funnel, right? All feeding up to your large uh, seminar. Now, here's the thing. Now you can take that same information and how does it apply to this niche versus that niche? versus this niche over here, right? She was using her writing skills in a very targeted way in her military environment. When she came out, now she's teaching people how to write college entrance essays, how to write, you know, uh, grants. So you can take and start 
take that same overarching product and create another version of it that focuses, zeroes in right in a niche. Now you're creating that revenue. All those revenue generating pathways are leading up to your one base product. And thought number four, use word sculpting to hone your message. Colonel Bass gave us some great examples um, of how many of us, myself sometimes included, right, slather on all those excess words on the page or into a podcast. Sometimes, you know, maybe we do it to make ourselves smart, feel smart. I, I don't know. Other times, maybe it's just habitual. You know, we weren't flipping taught better. So go back over to the things that you've written recently and ask yourself, what was the goal of this message that I, I wrote? Hmm? What was the goal? And could you have attained that same goal just as impactfully, heck, maybe even more impactfully with a f with fewer words, right? Could you have taken some of those sentences that were really maybe a single word? Writing is like speaking and it's like running and it's like weightlifting and it's like so many other things in life. It's a skill. Hone it to your advantage. All right, my dark horse friends and family, what inspiring tips or thoughts resonated with you? Hmm? I know you got at least one, right? Yeah. Whatever it was or whatever they were, take some time today, not tomorrow, today, and put them into action, right? Go out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me, tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. Heck, I, I think I'm looking for someone that, that'll do this and will come share your story on this podcast, give you some free promo. How about that? Sound good? All right. Now, next week, our interview episode guest is going to be Pam Christian. Now, Pam is a mindset coach and a motivational speaker, as well as the host of The Juice Podcast. Now, Pam is obsessed with helping you live your best life. So you're not going to want to miss this episode so that she can help you live your best life through this podcast. Now, I know you want to keep getting these valuable tips and the awesome stories from the amazing guests I'm lucky enough to bring on here. So please, as I mentioned before, go on down there and hit that subscribe button. While you're down there, leave us a five-star rating and write us some kind words in the review. And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know We'll get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.